Hey, welcome to 10 CDs for a Penny, uh, the show where we talk about old music magazines and culture and trends. I'm Jackson Maine. This week, John Waller and Nat Addison are with me to talk about Spin Magazine, January 2002, and the year end lists, and we'll chat about emo and U2 as well, since they're on the cover. Uh, so let's get started. I guess. What a fucking asshole <laughs> image to print. Money, man. What are you describing that? Kid Rock's advertisement, his Best Buy branded advertisement for the new album Cocky, with a what I guess is his his logo is his signature are hat are glowing his, at the bottom. Are his pants plastic? <laughs> what, yeah. What is that material? <laughs> It reads as uh, latex. Have we mentioned that he's grabbing his pants in the crotch area? Yes. Well, no, we haven't. Just the it, that's exactly what he's doing, and he's got an American flag belt buckle. And it is also cropped, so it only goes from about his navel to his thigh. So it, the image is So it's probably not even him. Dick. <laughs> he's got, he's might got not even double. <laughs> may not even be him. Okay, so one thing that looking at this image reminds me of it's an image from the a Jim Beam ad. It says you can talk to them about anything, just not during the drum solo. And it's three college rock looking guys who are staring towards a stage that is not pictured. They've all got mixed drinks in their hands. Yeah. And <laughs> now I would need to have a current spin magazine. To compare directly, but flipping through this issue, I was—I feel like it's um, the era of bros in advertising is—it's it's like a terrible time to be a bro, and <laughs> you're probably not going to be in as many or like front and center in s- as many ads as this. This one really jumped out at me as being very broy. Well, yeah. it's interesting, like because you'd think Jim Beam would still be. Um, advertising to the same crowd. Yeah. So, because I'm sure there are a lot of brands that the advertising just doesn't change. That now, the, here's the other thing: is there any alcohol or liquor advertising anymore? You don't. I don't notice that anymore. I don't see hard copy stuff. I um, mean, on the back of that magazine, the the back ad is for mm, Bacardi. Uh, so this this ad has got. Three college bros. The theme of the issue is uh, that the sound of 2001 is new metal, and yeah. the new metal content is super broy. I also had noticed at least one other bro reference, which is <laughs> I don't know if I'm getting way ahead of myself, but there's a, a quiz. Do you uh, want to talk about the quiz later, or should we talk? Is, the, is that the emo quiz? Is it? I, There's I, an emo quiz in there. I f- feel like it was something. Punk. It's it's not even a quiz. It's just how it was. No, it was how emo, emo are you? Yeah, but there's. It seems like there isn't. Oh yeah, I think there's a. You have to add up your points at the yes. end. You see how emo you are. So okay, so I think that was the one. But there was for some reason I remembered it being punk. But uh, okay, the each question had three answers, uh-huh. and then it, if you read even like four of the questions, it's obvious that. First question answer is worth the most points, and you're super legit. Yeah. And 
and then even in the scoring, they make fun of you for taking it too seriously. And okay. then the second question is the sort of poser answer, and you're not serious enough. And then the third answer is you're a bro. <laughs> <laughs> And is that supposed to be good or bad? So if you add up all your points, if you had the bro answer all along, you have the, the lowest points. And um, Well, I, I enjoyed that quiz because in hindsight, is being the bro better than being the like overbearing emo dude? So, well, according like, to the Like, do quiz, you lose? Do you, is it like if you win, you lose? Yeah, what's supposed to be the winner? <laughs> well, so the loser... the. The nine points or fewer. So if you've had the most bro answers, you experience freedom in a way few mortals ever will. You are a jerk. See you on Monday, boss. It's actually not a bad assessment. Yeah, what okay. See, uh, so if you actually get 40 points or more, um, you're a sensitive Sam Sally. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> quoting from the magazine. Oh, I have no Again. idea what that means, but so, sure. Quoting from the magazine. It does sound like an emo record. There was always a girl's name in an emo band name or record, so. Okay, quote. Christ, hide the sharp objects. It's admirable that you feel things so deeply, but even Stephen Merritt has fun now and then. <laughs> oh, the first step to toning the inner drama down a notch may simply be to take a break from music that mirrors your own high-stakes tumult, says Jessica, editor of the fanzine Hit It or Quit It. Replacing mm. your vagrant records with yoga tapes might keep you from a debilitating emo meltdown. Now, that's actually kind of helpful. That's actually yeah. kind of like shaming the person. Okay. So, yeah, so it is kind of uh, uh, shaming the person who's taking themselves uh, too seriously in their emo because that mm. was... I mean, that was sort of the dawn, I think. You know, you look at 2001 and it starts switching over from new metal into yeah. the age of like emo and boys with feelings and boys with feelings who are actually jerks. Yeah. This is where we're talking about stained and Limp Biscuit. And not even Limp Biscuit, uh, Alien Ant Farm. Oh, like yeah. just horrible stuff. <laughs> but it's but it's a little more dark and broy. Uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's almost like it's, uh, acoustic rock of bros singing acoustic rock stuff, but it's not acoustic rock. It's hard metal, hard rock crap. It's literally just a generation of bouncers making music. That's <laughs> what I thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> like y there's a picture in there of the guy from Stained and he looks so sensitive with his eyebrow ring and the giant tribal oh, my tattoo God. down the arm. The just, funny thing is you that's, still that's see icing, those. Man. Oh, it, but they, they, wasn't there, I'm sure they were. Are they all, left over? Or yeah, they, they're all leftovers okay, from yeah. the time. It's just like the battle scars or the uh, artifacts <laughs> from 2001 emo culture. <laughs> that's when you could really date someone right there. Oh, God. Not I even. That's not emo culture. That is those. bro. That Super is bro, bro out, uh, yeah. whatever, new metal bouncer crap, yeah. Oh, boy. Well, this the emo uh, quiz. There's two photos on the spread, um, and one is Dismemberment Plan, and the other is Jimmy Eat World. And yeah. did Bleed American come out in 2001? Is that with whatever in the yeah. middle? I would say so, yeah. <laughs> that's when they... So. No, yeah, I'm like, that's when that got big yeah for sure no that was definitely out that song was on the radio so that was like actually one of the first big emo things to happen was was jimmy world getting that song on the radio 
I do yeah, that's recall. Summer, summer 2001. Okay, yeah. For, but, uh, and, and this starts, just by the way, this article starts as comeback of the year, mm. and it's a giant picture of Weezer. So it starts with Weezer, but they don't even talk about them that much. It says called like that other rock. So it's comeback of the year, Weezer, big, huge picture. Then it goes into just an article about emo, essentially. So it starts off with a very small thing about Weezer with a giant picture of them. And then we move into the Jimmy World dismemberment plan and then the how emo are you quiz. Which is funny because Weezer had just come back with the Green Album, but... Pinkerton was considered like an emo album. Yeah. And led into uh, the next wave of emo. Yeah, but definitely. with the Green Album and beyond, they yeah. basically left that behind. They left yeah. anything resembling emo behind to just become a, like a pop rock band. You're absolutely So right. they're included in this article. And within two, within a year or two, no one would put Weezer and emo in the same sentence anymore. No, but I feel that that was a new generation of people too. And I don't want to get into the Weezer thing yet, but <laughs> <laughs> so tempting. But I will say that that was a two thousands thing of younger people saying Pinkerton was the, like the dawn of emo. They were like this, one of these original nineties emo bands. No one who was into emo in the nineties would have ever said that or considered that there was two different styles of people. And there was people who are, yeah, to the Jade tree records, vegan, snotty, guy thing and then there was like Weezer fans it, I never thought there was a crossover until people started saying that like yeah like 2001 and I, mean, I only exactly I only think there's a crossover because I liked both because yeah. in my in the late 90s I was both listening to Pinkerton and listening to some Jade Tree bands yeah me too and but this is the best part is that that um, Weezer record that Green album which literally sounds like one long song um, mm. it's 28 yeah. minutes that's what emo became became so everything that emo was in the 90s, this, you know, whatever, um, uh, oh my God, I'm blanking on June of 44 and all these really slow, you know, sad boy bands and uh, what am I trying to say here, John? Captain Jazz and what came after Captain Jazz? Uh, Promise Ring. Promise Ring, yeah. Um, that's what it is. American been. Football, I yeah, think. That's where I consider emo. And then uh, that Weezer record really kind of that's what emo became this really pop rocky glossy syrupy crap like uh, whatever those other bands were what do you think of uh reflecting on the green album now how do you think it has aged it's fine i mean again i don't know if i'm ready to do this like get into like weezer talk but well, that, it's, that's if we're going to be talking their top albums, that's in their top ten. So it's well, like sure. Transition. I mean, yeah, I mean, then there's top ten, and then there's top ten of one. We'll table that. Dis- yeah. we'll table that discussion. <laughs> yeah. when it comes up. We're more not going. We're not. That's too big a topic. But I mean, I, I guess like che- I still, it's like Chekhov's gun. This at is some <laughs> point, at some point, we have to talk about Weezer. Yeah. I have to. I, I just. I'll just quickly say that. I mean, Weezer to me is what Smashing Pumpkins is to Nat. Uh, you know, we can defend them a lot. And, you know, when I get to the Green Album, that was a record that I was waiting for for whatever, four or five years to come out. It finally came out. I really liked it. And then I just like gave Weezer so many chances up until like make believe. And then I was like, uh, I was really stretching at that point. So like that was not a great record. Green Album, I can totally tolerate. I think there's good stuff on there. It's short. It's fast. Yeah. In in retrospect, it is. uh, If only all the rest of the material was good as the Green Album, we wouldn't be making fun of them so hard. Uh, But you just said something that I wanted to touch. 
this. <laughs> I don't know if you want if <laughs> just because it happened today, I I kind of do want to just really mention that Saturday Night Live Weezer sketch. It's incredible that is. Here's my thing about that sketch. Is that what everybody talks about every band as, or is this like this special Weezer thing that we just think we constantly talking about? But actually, it's this whole phenomenon of everybody saying mm. they only had two good records. Everything else sucks. And then, but is there? I've never met anyone who has defended anything past Green Album. Really, it was John just last night, I think, who said, "I know people who still enjoy, who are still fans." Now, I don't know how. I've never heard them necessarily defend some of the later stuff. I remember some songs like. Uh, I want to say keep fishing. Okay. No, yeah, that's Maladroit. Yeah, like yeah. I remember that. You know, I had the Muppets video, yeah. and we were like, "Oh, this is enjoyable. This is fun." And everyone was kind of like, "Oh, maybe Weezer isn't so bad." And, um, yeah, I don't know if, like, you were asking, are there other bands that get talked about this way? I'm sure there are. Yeah, there's got to be. I mean, I know there's like. Like other bands, you look at something like, um, it's not the same, but, you know, Van Halen, where it's, you know, who's the best singer or something, you know? And I'm sure they have right. the diehards where, you know, if the record doesn't have David Lee Roth on it, then it doesn't <laughs> exist. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think I've heard that there's Sammy Hagar people. I don't know. If, I think there are. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's slightly different, but I'm sure it's the same thing. I mean, I know that, um, you know, I have uh, like Weezer's not the only band where I'm sort of like, uh, you know, these albums only, everything else, no. Um, but I think Weezer's one of the biggest alternative bands that has that sort of demarcation. Yeah. Um, and especially <laughs> like like pre and post. What do you mean? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, demark. Yeah, that where some people draw a line. Yeah. Yeah. And they're also one of the only bands to get big in the early 90s that are still going. Yeah. When you think true. about it. Well, that's what I was trying to think because I don't think people really have... They don't have this argument about the Foo Fighters, do they? The Foo Fighters are still going. I'm sure people say that you know the first two albums are very good, but they don't say the color and the shape and that first self-titled no. record is that's it. We love those and everything else is crap because these guys are still playing stadiums and people love the Foo Fighters. So like that's out. So why was it that this sketch was about Weezer? Is this a phenomenon? Well, like, well, but you bring up Foo Fighters and when I think of Foo Fighters, like I, you know, I haven't listened to uh, too many of their records, but I've always gotten the impression that they've just kind of continued on doing the same thing. And one band that I was actually going to mention after when I got to thinking about, you know, from those from the early 90s, who's still around from that kind of big alternative rock grunge sort of phase, you know, 91 to 94, 5, like mm -hmm. when Weezer first started, um, Pearl Jam. And right. Pearl Jam's a band where, you know... I think my experience with them was, you know, the first couple of albums, and then it's not that they, they, they got bad. They just kind of kept doing the same thing. Sure. And which is not an insult. And then they just sort of kept going. Mm -hmm. And some people stayed with it. I didn't. And, uh, you know, I don't look at them and say, well, you know, the first two albums only, nothing else exists. It's just that I didn't really keep up with it. Mm. Right. And... um 
I think, I even think your most like hardcore Bowie fan probably didn't go the whole the whole race. Sure. With well, Bowie either. See what I was going to say about um, uh, Weezer is I. A lot of people, th- or s- maybe not a lot of people, but some people think that there was a, signif- a significant drop-off in quality in their songwriting. That's for sure. And that's, <laughs> and, and that's I think, one of the big things that sets them apart from other bands um, you know, that we've brought up. Like, you know, Pearl Jam just kind of kept going. You brought up Bowie, where I, you know... F- Few people say, well, his songwriting got bad, but he did change, you know. So mm-hmm. I could imagine someone, you know, maybe who you go back to the 70s and they fall in love with him with Ziggy Stardust. And then by the time Let's Dance rolls around, they're like, oh, what's he doing now? Like, this is not the same stuff. Or uh, Radiohead mm. is, ov- is actually a big one. I mean, Sure. That's actually that may be the answer to the question is who else gets talked about in this way because I'm sure there's a lot of people who are like Ben's okay computer then nothing. And even I, I even I have dropped off with them in a few years uh, in the last few years cuz I am iffy on their their last couple of records. Um but yeah, there's probably a lot of people who who never really recovered with them. I feel like I just this is a thing though. We're discussing this and we're like we're going back. It's like yeah, Radiohead. I mean, when I think of them, yeah, like Ben's, uh, OK Computer, uh, and then like obviously uh, Kid A, and then you have like Amnesiac, and then you have uh, Hail to the Thief, and it kind of goes low, and then you go back up into like in Rainbows. Like there's these these peaks and waves, and you never really lose interest. You're like okay, yeah, but Weezer just always has this definitive. Yeah. Every conversation, it's Blue yeah. Album and Pinkerton. Those are what you listen to, and then everything else like sucks. Yeah. But I think, well, but I think the difference between with Radiohead is that what happened. Kid A came out, and there was a lot of conversation about, oh, they're not a rock band anymore. Mm-hmm. And Amnesiac comes out, and it's, I mean, like I think with Radiohead, it's not necessarily a question of quality; it's a question of whether they were still a rock band. Some people who wanted Radiohead the rock band never fully got that back. Because, um, you know, Amnesiac had, you know, a couple more guitar songs than Kid A did, but it also had some way weirder stuff. Sure. Um, than was on Kid A. It's almost like the B side of. Kid yeah, a, it was a like. much more varied album, and um, and then from there, you don't really get back into an album that's mostly guitar based until in Rainbows, and by that time, how many people? You know, that was, what, 2007, and you're talking about seven years, seven or eight years um, between the whole, like, Kid A comes out, oh, they're not a rock band anymore, Mm -hmm. and how many people never made it back. Sure. So, you know, Weezer, as we mentioned, you know, is going back, like, there's a lot of people who believe in the the drop-off in quality. Mm Mm-hmm just was never recovered from. Right. And I mean, you know, I've heard a lot of their recent singles. Uh They are not for me. (laughs) But you know what? (laughs) I will say this. The nicest thing I can say about them is that they're, 
they're doing something different than they used to. And it's very, it's very different. Uh-huh. And there's a quality to it. It's very produced. But <sighs> it's, it's not the same thing. Right. They're not like the sort of, you know, emotional, straight from Rivers' diary yeah. guitar band that they were in the beginning. And yeah. that, you know, I mean, I could get into my whole theory about how he was extremely honest about himself for two albums, got freaked out, and then just hid in his shell since sure. then. But, and I think that's what thing that sets them apart from other bands. Right. Uh I will say, oh man, yeah, we've we've gotten too far into Weezer. Well, I was so well, afraid. How much more I was, is there to say? I was, I was I mean, so afraid got, of this I've because got I could just. I mean, obviously, I could rebut. Like those new singles are just well, like deplorably bad. Like really, like it's I, I with no word of a lie. Like they're the, some of the worst songs. But the I've nicest ever heard thing, in my no, the life. nicest thing I can say is I that don't know what they are like at all. They <laughs> sound a lot like Rivers has a contract where he, that stipulates he must produce a song in a day he just has files of lyrics and he's just doing math equations trying to make these perfect pop songs and that song that came out this year or like a month ago about zombies i'm like that's like the 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 song about mr t and the b sharps and simpsons i was like what the The nicest thing i can say about it i think is that um children need pop rock too they do but I, okay, again, I'd have like, to know what the kids think. That's there's no way kids like this. Come on. I mean, but yeah, if I was five, I would like the zombie bastards. On the uh, bef- on the subject of the Saturday Night Live skit, mm-hmm. there was something said in the minute and a half uh, Twitter-approved clip that I was able to view online uh-huh. uh, that also jumped out at me. If I can just... Bring this over to Billy Corgan for a second. Okay, you get you get your you get your uh, <laughs> mandatory melancholy <laughs> segment here. Resident uh, Billy expert in the uh, in the house. So I've been doing the favor for everybody of following his Instagram questions and thank answers. Thank God! Thank God! So <laughs> uh, if you have any questions, yeah, you can ask me about them. Uh, and they, so there's the two characters on the Saturday Night Live skit who are have their opposing views on Weezer, and the Matt Damon character. So sh- the woman, oh, Leslie Jones. Leslie Jones. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, Leslie Jones uh, is staunchly po- against anything post Pinkerton, and then Matt Damon's character says something about he's in it all the way. Like, oh, he's ride just or die. yeah, ride or ride die. Or die. <laughs> sort of suggesting you're either you're a fan or you're not. Ah, uh-huh. and. So Billy said something uh, in the question and answer a couple of weeks ago that stuck with me as a really telling about the way he thinks. And he compared it to being a Cubs fan. And he's like, he does not accept that you can be a fan of only part of the, of the artist's output. You have, you're either, you're either in entirely or you are out entirely. And I don't see it I that mean, way. I, I I'm sure he hopes that. Well, but there's also, <laughs> you can separate out being like a fan of the band or a fan of the albums. I have never considered myself a Smashing Pumpkins fan. And, but I have been a fan of Siamese Dream at various parts. I'm a fan of Cherub Rock. <laughs> um, uh, and with Weezer, you know, if someone said to me, you're not a Weezer fan, you're a fan of the Blue Album and Pinkerton, I'd be like, yeah, sure. 
That yeah. sounds about I would, right. I would, yeah. I would agree. Be like, if someone said it to me, be like, yeah, sure. And it really sucks being the Weezer guy, man. Like, I, how many people sent me that Weezer sketch today and posted it on my <laughs> Facebook wall? I'm, like, I'm never going to live this down from being a 15-year-old Weezer fan. Like, how did it bleed out in my entire life? But what about this ride or die? Like, I, I, I can't really think of... The sports... I like that sports analogy, though, mm. you know, of, of being being a fan in the low times and the good times, yeah. you know, and that in sports, it's supposed to be that when you stick with them in the low times, when it yeah. gets good again, then you're all happy together <laughs> and you've like earned this is the, what Billy the win. Picturing. True, but you there's know? a big difference. Like I've heard that analogy before, but there's such a big difference between like, just like being a diehard fan and just like following your team and following something creative that is just yeah. like going in the toilet. Cause you know, there's eventually like, you could just see Weezer just declining and declining. I'm like, this is never going to get good. Like I gave up hope 15 <laughs> years ago, but I could be a Cubs fan this and be like, be yeah, good. it could, they could win. They could win the world series. Like it's yeah. totally possible. I'm just going to keep in there until they do, because it'll probably happen. Okay. And last question well, about Weezer. Sorry. Uh, how, blown away would you be if they released an album that you were super into i would be shocked i would be absolutely <laughs> shocked can you i would feel like a little kid again it would be like yeah. enjoying a new star wars movie the and every record they're one of those classic things where this hasn't happened in a while but they constantly are saying because they know that those first two records everybody loves them mm. and they constantly say it's a return to form <laughs> yeah. we're coming back to those two records and it's never even close and no. they say that every record i know and I'm just like, just stop, guys. And then, you know, some critic will give it like, it was the one, everything will be all right in the end. That was about five years ago. David Frick from Rolling Stone gave it this like feature review, this great review. And it's like, come on, man, you are stretching hard here. Yeah. Give me a break. Anyways. Well, it's funny. You brought up, you know, the pumpkins, of course. And I have, I don't know if I've listened to the entire album, but I've heard several songs from their new album. Okay, Nathaniel's making an awesome face here. He's very worried about what's going to follow. Let's draw this out. They're not bad. Like, I don't, I don't find them objectionable. Mm -hmm. And for me, if I was a Pumpkins fan, I'd be like, well, it's not the best, but it does not make me cringe in horror. Mm, sure. Like, I, ho I kind of hope that's what you also feel like. I mean, I heard one song today that I thought could have been written by any, like, grunge band in the 90s sure. but still mm -hmm. i didn't think it was it didn't offend my ears no i've heard a couple of those things on the radio too and they're whatever wow, I, they're I'm, not, radio I, they're, they're, yeah, I'm like i'm not a fan and i don't really sound. care yeah it's the it's same like, sound they're it's just the same there you general know the things they have that one track knights of malta uh and i cringed immediately i heard it i haven't heard a pumpkins track that i so with maybe three seconds into the track i was like new low yeah but uh and and it was a terrible track the album version that is the track that they released from jimmy kimmel and i uh live it was a lot better there's a vocal loop that is so misguided uh and with the absence of that the song is a, is not nearly as bad. i wouldn't go so far as to say it was a, like a, even a good song but it went from being among their worst to and probably their worst sing single ever to uh, being a passable track. This is obviously going to be segment one of a thousand where we bitch about Smashing Pumpkins <laughs> and Weezer. <laughs> just got to get it out of the system. So this is everybody listening, and I know everyone is listening right now. Just expect 
This is where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> Albums of the year, 2001. Let's. <laughs> <laughs> so having Segway. said all that, should we just go down the list and read these here? Okay. Well, let's let's yeah, let's go through them because I really want to get to number 20. Let's do. The, uh, let's really, go 10 really at a time though because I want to well, sort of analyze the top 10 a little well, bit. Let's go five at a time. Sure. Sure. Okay. Okay. So number one, system of a down toxicity. Yeah, that makes sense. Number two, wait, should we be going in the other order? No, that's fine. Too no, late. no, because yeah, twenty is the twenty is the best one. <laughs> we got to end with that. Yeah, you're right. We got to end with that. Yeah. Number two, Radiohead, Amnesiac. Yeah. Number three, Basement Jacks, Rudy. Yeah, like yeah. The, that's aged really well. I think people. I have no idea. I mean, I know, I know people Basement who are like Jack nuts songs, about them. But yeah. I don't know that record. Number four, Bob Dylan, Love and Theft. Don't know anything yeah. about it. Bob Dylan's millionth record. Yeah. Number five, Bjork, Vespertine. That was good. That was when I should have seen that tour. She toured, mm. and that's when she played on the island. Oh, I saw that. Oh. Damn, I wish I'd seen put, that. Put that down. Um, I mean, any so commentary there? I mean, not, um, I don't have much to say about the top five. Uh, it's worth noting that uh, they, or Spin is saying that the sound of 2001, and for a little context, it is relevant. This is 9-11. Yeah. There's, so a, lot, there's a lot of post-9-11 stuff in this issue. That so we they, they, about, they draw a, a comparison or a, a link between the sort of um, uh, new metal anger and uh, sort of this pre 911 tension and then this maybe cathartic 911 moment. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is in my opinion a stretch because that yeah, was I was about to say also stretch. That stuff is uh like in the late 90s I mean I don't think the tension was anything that uh out of the ordinary and that we were still having to listen to new, <laughs> new metal. Well, yeah, but yeah. you also People I mean were happy in the late 90s when we were listening to new metal. I think happy? So. Sure. Well, well happy that's not what I think of when I think yeah. of the people who are listening to, well, yeah. new metal. But but I mean, like, well, we're not going to get into the possibility that, you know, 9-11 just gave people an excuse to be angry. They were already angry, and then it yeah. just gave them something to focus on. But that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, yeah, we're not doing that. Um, in terms <laughs> of new metal, something that has, even when it was first rearing its head, I immediately could not stand new metal. Sure. I don't know. What it was, it just rubbed me the wrong way. I cannot we're, we're stand it. But you know what, though? Yeah, like, we keep talking about new metal because apparently that's somewhere in this issue. They declare it the sound. I, I, I just wanted uh, to know, make the point that of new metal bands, System of the Down is a band that I never really had any specific problem with. They I, were Armenian, and they I seemed like say, they had a... I mean, I guess they would get lumped in with that. But I don't really consider them too new medley. New medley was really just just. I mean, they call the it dumb. punk punk metal. Yeah, I mean, I think punk in the sense that they actually had something valid to say. They is in spin. That's yeah. what they call system of a down. I, I I could I could agree with that in in certain terms. Um, but they're a pretty good band. Again, I was never super into them. I liked a couple things. They were fun to jump around to. But as in like. I put them on like a tool level, like a yeah. little, little smarter. Number six, Gorillas, self-titled. Yeah. Number seven, Jay Z, The Blueprint. Nobody's arguing with that, I'm sure. Number yeah. eight, Daft Punk, Discovery. That is looked back at as being a, such a classic now. Mm -hmm. Number nine, Weezer, 
the Green Album. Mm, the least embarrassing of the <laughs> reunited Number music. 10, Tori Amos, Strange Little Girls. Right. So I listened to Tori Amos in the 90s. I don't really remember that record, but, I mean, I kind of, Tori, I don't think she can do any wrong. I'm sure that record was good. Gorillaz is all over the place, uh, but it's always sort of substantiated itself. Like, it's never been embarrassing or anything. It's just no. a pet project for a bunch of really talented people yeah. and an excuse for Damon Albarn to do a million collaborations. Sure. And even if you don't like every track, it's not even it's not the sort of project where you're even really intended to like every track. It's a huge experiment, so you ke- yeah. really can't go wrong with it. But it was it's pretty original. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, I mean, mm-hmm. the think back to that time. Like, look at this list. I mean, he's kind of merging a hip hop, electronic, yep. funk groove thing happening. Like, and it's worth noting that. 2018, they are still releasing record with yeah, no signs man. of stopping. I know. It, it, man, 18 years or 17 years is just not that long. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I it's true. All of these bands are still popular. Yeah, somehow. Like, they're all doing something. When you look down this list, it's actually... How can that be, actually? I, I would know, not have thought, actually, when I looked at this list. Uh, okay, you want to keep going, John? Number 11. Richie Houghton, DE9, Closer to the Edit. Nope. Number 12, Manu Chow, Proxima Estacian Esperanza. Right. This list is falling apart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Number 13, Lucinda, uh, Lucinda Williams, Essence. Okay. Number 14, The Coop, Party Music. Number 15, The Dismemberment Plan, Change. Can I see the the covers of these albums? I, <laughs> I don't know. I have almost this. nothing to say about that yeah, that either. that group right there, other than I sort of like to dismember my plan, but I was never never really into them. Okay. I mean, so far I find the list interesting because it's rather varied. I and know. I was actually going diverse, to say it's not a bad list. One no, thing I was going to say earlier, and this is I guess a bit of a spoiler for the last five, is that um, there's really no new metal on it. Yeah. Hmm. For all <laughs> the time that's devoted in that you've brought up that has apparently devoted in this issue um it's kind of kind of pushed to the side yeah well i mean i think they want to report on it uh spin and it, they certainly have their moment i don't think they ever put you know corn or limp biscuit or anything on the cover or anything like that but spin does definitely have its uh um it's 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 core of what they want to talk about. They love punk. They love indie. Like, you know, as much as they want to put like that cool factor in, they, every writer at spin, I'm sure knew that new metal was crap and they weren't into it. They were a bunch of pavement fans. So mm-hmm. like th- I doubt that that was going to make any big lists. Like stained was not going to be on this list. Number 16 mm-hmm. tool letter Alice. Yeah. Number 17, Macy Gray, The Id. Number 18, The Strokes, Is This It? Mm-hmm. Before you go on, I'm shocked that The Strokes was so lo- so uh, far down the list. Because that was, at least in the sphere I was existing in at the time, that was the, the hottest album of the year. I, yeah, I, I would agree. I kind of want to, before we do the last two, I kind of actually just want to go through this uh we haven't really been looking at the little mini reviews they have here. Oh, sure. But I do want to read the one for Is This It? So it's a set of uh, pros and cons. <clears throat> Pro, Rob the Kinks, the Stooges, Televisions, and 70s Bar Rock make it sound fresh. Yep. Yeah. Con, 
bratty Manhattan rich boys. <laughs> They're not wrong. <laughs> Pro, sound older and sadder than they look. Con, please take a shower. <laughs> Pro, super catchy songs make you want to pogo. They're still one of my some of my favorite danceable songs. For sure. Those singles. Con, think, quote, girls lie too much. Huh? But the name of a band. Is that a lyric from one of the songs? Think girls lie too much? Oh, I'm not, Maybe. I'm not I, grabbing that reference. I think it's suggesting that the strokes think girls lie too much. Oh, sure. Okay, okay. I get it. Yeah, uh, right. Pro. Too bad for them. <laughs> <laughs> pro will cry when they're walking out the door. Con, hmm. overhyped. No. Pro, not their fault. Yeah. <laughs> Con, the male Elastica. Pro, oh. dude, the male Elastica. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, so that was, I want to say right now, that was most certainly my record of that year. Yeah. Like, I listened to that. I wore that record out. Mm-hmm. And it again, this is, I loved that record. And you know what's funny is that um, I picked it up. It was one of those actual, like one of my only blind pickups. I had not heard any songs. And I saw them get interviewed by Nardwar. Mm-hmm. And I just liked the look of them. I don't know. I read a couple things. So I was like, I'm just going to grab this record. And I think last night had been on the radio, but I hadn't heard it. I picked it up. I listened to it. And I was like, I did not get into it. I was like, oh, no, I Really? Did, Question did for you. One week. And then like two weeks later, I was like, okay, I'll throw this back on because it's new. And then somehow miraculously it connected with me. Were you at the time, would you say that you were or had been, had ever been into any of their influences? Because I ask you that mm-hmm. because, you know, I got, I was already into like the Velvet Underground. Okay. And when I first heard them, I was like, oh, they're ripping off the Velvet Underground. Fun. Right. So it, that's how it connected to me when I first heard it. I wasn't really into Velvet Underground, but this was the moment in my life when I was ditching all the 90s skate punk and crap that so I listened to. So it was to, sort of, so I was, would you no, say when you heard it, it was kind of something new and different from what you were listening to? It was definitely new and different. It was a little scary. Like, <laughs> that, like I was like, yeah, in the sense that I was like, no, this is not what I'm usually into. But at that moment, that's when I was ditching 90s punk for like 70s mm-hmm. punk. I had just started getting oh, into like okay. really so that getting into more like sense. television and things like that. That makes more sense. So that then when you first hearing it, you me. wouldn't, uh, um, it wouldn't, might not get with you right away. Yeah. Okay. Let's finish this off here. Okay. So, okay. We got number 19, uh, Craig David, Born to Do It, uh, some two step thing. Okay. Num- okay. Drum okay. roll. <laughs> <laughs> number 20. And finally, coming in at number 20, various artists. Now, let's remind you that we are, this is Spin Magazine's 2001 Albums of the Year, number 20, American Pie 2, music from Whoa. the motion picture. How now, the let's read this. fuck did that okay. get on this list? Uh, quote, I mean, I get, okay. Yep. Dorky, vulnerable, pud punk. P-U-D punk. I've never heard that. I don't know what that is. Pud punk. Okay. A vision of America's marketing majors dreaming with one hand. I don't even want to know. Uh, <laughs> now there's, okay, here it goes. Blink, some, Alien Ant Farm, and American Hi-Fi all play Al Gore to Green Day's Bill Clinton. Okay. But now this fast times for the boom times is a funeral for uh, for... 
um, frivility. A big chill fomenting nostalgia oh. for August 2001 when we were young and easy in the mercy of their cheese. I don't even understand what that meant. Oh, my God. That was gibberish. Oh, yeah, it was gibberish. And the only reference I got out of that was it's supposed to be like the big chill soundtrack of our times. And there was which, saying, which makes kind of no sense because the big chill soundtrack was just 60s stuff that they were listening to in 1983. Well, also, so. wasn't the big chill about like 20 somethings? I or would 30 something like yeah, it wasn't teenagers, were, no, it wasn't it like wasn't. a sex romp no, comedy. Was, no, it was, it was like early 30s. I don't know how you could compare it to for, that. Like, who and it's not even uh, the first American Pie, yeah. <laughs> American Pie 2. Yeah, how different were the soundtracks? Like, the only thing, the, yeah, the, number true. two really build on number one. The only thing, honestly, was in what the I'm getting one. here, okay. So, here's the thing though they mention, quote, a big chill, um. Fermenting, fermenting nostalgia for August 2001. Mm-hmm. Are they trying to say, are they listing this because it's pre 9 11 and like mm. after 9 11, the innocence of America, American Pie 2 was lost? I hope. And not. like power punk. Now, I think. I, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. It's, generally. I, I, I read that as like, it's like, this is just a, uh, it's just a, a they call <laughs> I out. I can't even say that. What am I trying to say? Like, it's just literally just a, a moment in time. Here's August, 2001. Here's all that crap you're listening to. Even though we were burning CDs but at this August point. August, 2001. Like you only call that out for one reason. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, look, let's all listen to August 2001 and listen to American Hi-Fi and just feel better about ourselves. Well, okay, here's a challenge. Uh, there are compilations that are worth... In general, I would say putting a compilation, much less the American Pie soundtrack, right. on a on any list of yeah. like album top list is a no-no, but it's... Not unheard of that a compilation can really oh yeah sort of there touch are and like zeitgeist. I mean I'm certainly we're of the age I don't know about any of you guys but the Train Spotting soundtrack yes. there was a one. huge album that I mean, was there what are I was great use as like albums. an example like that or the kids soundtrack these were like awesome soundtracks so, like that were yeah they were like a, a moment in time so like by really citing American Pie two I they paint a picture which is maybe helpful. But it maybe also helps us understand who this uh, magazine is being marketed towards, because I it's for I it's for it's teenagers. It's interesting that you say that because one thing I was going to say about this list is I think I've already said it is that it is remarkably varied. Mm-hmm. It really covers like a broad range of like hip hop DJs, you know, different types of rock, alternative rock. You got Bob Dylan, Lucinda Williams, um, something new with the Strokes, like covers a broad range so who it is an excellent list yeah Mm -hmm. i mean no but i think you're who did this this is in my mind someone was arguing for this someone argued Mm. really hard for that let's put this in and they made a like a presentation at the spin office as to why (laughs) we should put the american to soundtrack in and somehow won because we name the writer What's that? No, we don't need to name the writer. Name and shame. Wait, name there's no shame. way a writer is... No, no, but I'm saying that like someone wrote that blurb. Was oh, okay. he supposed to or did he mean it? Okay. It's credited. All these blurbs are credited. I, don't I know mean, why. sure, you could call him out. I don't know if I'm going to... Unless it's Chuck Klosterman. Uh, <laughs> what about 
so the there's an editor's pick. Yeah. See, now turn the page at least one, two. You can go to two pages away. There's an editor's pick, and there's way better records on there. Well, so I look at things like the editor's picks. Any one of these could have made that list, and I would well, definitely say off this list. I didn't know a lot of these. All, the avalanches, like the avalanches, uh, couldn't have made number twenty. That people were waiting. Oh, yeah, people were waiting for that American forever. Pie. They loved. Uh, people were really waiting for that record to come we'll out. The, I'll, this I'll read this out thing. and then Let's list them out quickly. Yes, sure. so it doesn't have to be as dramatic. They're not numbered, so because I think it's sort of like each editor kind of okay, mentions uh, one. God Music by Chocolate Genius, The Cold Vein, Cannibal Ox, uh, Sweet Tea, Buddy Guy. Have not heard of any of those. Since I Left You, The Avalanches, King of Yesterday, Jude, uh, The Facts of Life, Black Box Recorder, Moldy Peaches, self-titled. They opened for the Strokes when I saw them. Mm-hmm. Uh, funny story, not for now, but where John did not <laughs> go to the horseshoe <laughs> for the secret Stroke show. I <laughs> it's for another made time. a point of not bringing that up when we were talking <laughs> about the Strokes a few minutes ago. Yeah. Uh, Lucy Ford, Atmosphere, O Inverted World, The Shins. That was a great album. And they had quite a but run after that too. They they shins? they had um they weren't Shoots like a huge ones, yeah. band or anything, but they had a nice little run. See, that was like I mean that that album was really I think that Garden State soundtrack really catapulted Ugh. them. But at the yeah. time, that that record was not big. It was just kind of an indie record on sub pop. I would have totally put that Avalanche's record mm. like that could have bumped out that American Pie soundtrack. There was one more on here, uh, Arab Strap album, The Red Thread. I okay. do not know that, but I am aware of Arab Strap. Yeah, I mean they're like the 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 sister band of. Uh, you want to say Bell and Sebastian? Sebastian? Yeah, I like best friends, right? Only because. There's an album by Bell and Sebastian called The Boy with the Arab Strap. Yeah. I don't think there's any other connection. Although they might no, both I'm be Scottish. No, they're they're like they're friends. They're they're oh, both maybe. from Scotland. I'm, I'm almost I think certain. they're both from Scotland, but their music is not that similar. As a contrast, I also want to do the singles of the year. Okay. Um like no. once again we've no idea. <laughs> I dare you. We have no idea how these were um arrived at, but darts on a board. Um, once again, let's go start at one and end with 20 because once okay. again, number 20 is whew. <laughs> okay. <laughs> number one, Missy Elliott, get your freak on. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Like that's an indisputable, yeah. like stands yes. up, like, okay. You A know lot of this stuff stands up. About. Uh, number two, Madonna, don't tell me. I don't know that track. Seems like a strange. I remember 2001. Heck. That's like Kabbalah. Oh, sure, yeah. Her Madonna. and Ashton, maybe, yeah. Number three, Daft Punk, Digital Love. Okay. Weird pick, because... I <laughs> I was going to say the same thing off of Discovery. Like, There's I mean, like I don't know... huge, massive hits off of But I also album. don't know, like, yeah. maybe they didn't... Maybe they weren't singles until 2002. Like, maybe, I don't know when that maybe. album came out yeah. in 2001. I remember getting that into the newspaper office and playing the hell out of it. Uh, it is aged well. It is looked back on very favorably these days. Uh, number four, Nelly, Ride With Me. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'm going to read this blurb. Uh, <laughs> so many lesbian twins, so many little time, a sad, sad song. Does it really say so many little time? <laughs> <laughs> that's a direct, that's a Nelly quote. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know. Okay. Uh, uh, number five, Destiny's Child, Independent Women, Part One. Yes. <laughs> number six, 
Stained Outside. Uh, Called a perfect... Oh, I got to read this one. Perfect Power Ballad Without the Power, which was sort of... (laughs) (laughs) Which was sort of the point. In a year marked by tattooed bitch boys strumming their pain while swinging their dongs. Whoa. That is perfect. That is perfect. That is the stamp that... I got to repeat that. I don't know how much I like the bitch boys part, but I like the swinging their dongs part. Okay, number seven. Gorillas, uh, 19-2000. Sure. Okay. Number eight. uh, Aaliyah, We Need a Resolution. Mm-hmm. Number nine, uh, MOP, anti up, robbing hoods theory. That's yeah. all one title? Yeah, that's that's hip hop. Number ten, basement jacks, Romeo. Yep. I like that. This one's for me. Number eleven, Stephen Malkmus, Jenny and the S Dog. Yeah. Oh, I remember you love that track. Which is probably my favorite single from two thousand one. Is that the first record? His first solo record, yes. Which one? Okay, because I know that record like inside and out, but I'm trying to remember like what that actual song is. Because a, a story song. It. Yeah. Oh yeah, I got it. Yeah. Okay. In a '60s cover band. Yeah, that is a lovely <laughs> little. That is a lovely little tune. Number twelve, Square Pusher, "My Red Hot Car." I don't remember that. Yeah. I, no. Warp Records. Square Pusher? You know anybody? I mean, I know, I know, I, I know Square Pusher, yeah, but I was never really. Uh, number thirteen, Aerosmith, Jaded. Which one? Are the, I Jaded? Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, you know what? You don't remember it, but just think of any other uh, yeah. Aerosmith song, and it's it's that. I wonder if Alicia <laughs> that's, Silverstone. Was that's in the what video. it is. Yeah. Think of anything '90s Aerosmith. You got it. Okay, I can imagine be like jaded, <laughs> yeah. jaded. Yeah, that's what it is. You got it. You're jaded, just... cause you made it. <laughs> <laughs> you should audition, man. Did you write that song? Uh, number fourteen appears to be two songs: uh, Alicia Keys' "Fallen" and Kellis' "Young, Fresh, and New." Okay. All I, I know of my Kellis is my milkshake. Kellis, sorry. Here we go. Number 15, Weezer, Island in the Sun. It's yeah. a fun song. It is. You know what? All the time with Weezer songs and all the, like, all the, the, the singles are never my favorite. Like, mm. like, Island in the Sun was not my favorite. Do what? Just, <laughs> sorry, just a divert. You can cut this later if you want. Uh, so you said earlier that the Green Album is like one half hour long song, which yeah. is true. So this was like downloading era. And I remember... There was like this abundance of uh, unreleased Weezer tracks that you could get online, and I downloaded them all. Mm-hmm. And it just, you, <laughs> the demos are just even more indistinguishable from it. Like, you say it was a, for that comeback record, they did a half hour of indistinguishable music. It was more like two hours of indistinguishable music, oh, yeah. and they somehow managed to cut it down to just a half hour. I have a bootleg from a show in 2000. Berlin and I went to and we taped it on mini disc and we have like two or three unreleased songs that never went to an album and they sound exactly like the green album which yeah. is like another extension that guy wrote yeah hours and hours of, of the, the exact same, same song yeah Anyways. that's where he was at <laughs> go on Sorry. number 16 Jay-Z Izzo H-O-V-A mm. yeah uh, number 17 sounds like a, it looks like another double here uh 
Nickacosta, like a feather, and Nelly Furtado, I'm like a bird. Damn. Oh, wow. Love a little Nelly Furtado. Canadian. Original. First single, if I'm not mistaken. I'd say so, yeah. That was a fun little, fun little song. Number 18, Blink-182, The Rock Show. Ugh. Just, mm, ugh. Yeah. Wah, wah. Number 19, D12, Purple Hills. Oh, Purple yeah. Hills. Not, oh, d- maybe they changed it for uh, radio purposes yeah, to Purple did. Hills? I can't believe it's they definitely put, supposed to be Purple Pills. It is, and I can't believe that Spin put in Purple Hills. Yeah, who are they trying to answer to? I don't know. I When I when I was going over this last night, I played that song when I saw it. Really? It's a fun song. It is a fun song. Yeah, it holds up. Finally, number 20. Now, I have to assume... <laughs> That this is like some post 9-11 thing. Okay. Irving Berlin with... (laughs) (laughs) Irving Berlin with Celine Dion, Hillary Clinton, and Leanne Rimes, God Bless America. Oh. Yeah. I don't want to say... Hillary Clinton. (laughs) Why haven't we heard more about this Hillary Clinton music? Oh, yeah. Did she win a Grammy? Or is it for spoken word, I guess, probably more something like that. She has a Grammy, doesn't she? I have no idea. Okay, we don't have to go into that. Wow. Yeah, you know, that was a different time. And I think we really forget about the time mm-hmm. of post nine eleven. you know, just, just those months afterwards. I feel better about the singles list than yeah. the albums list. Sure. Neither of them are that bad, frankly. Like, I was impressed with both of them. It wasn't... They're, they're not... They're all obviously huge stars. Well, I mean, Malkmus. Well, is, Malkmus isn't is, a huge star. At least not in spin terms. Like yeah, not exactly, compared yeah. to everyone else oh, on that I, list. I know. I was actually kind of surprised he showed up. Oh, I know that spin likes their pavement. Yeah. They are they are they are pavement fans over there. So well, it's interesting when we were talking about the editors' picks versus the main list. Is wondering, you know, to what degree they may have been. I don't want to say pandering, but not, which is, that's a harsh word. That's a derogatory word. But, you know, whether the main list was a little more calculated to be kind of crowd pleasing or, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, I guess, a bit of an insult well, to their integrity, uh, but. It's a valid yeah, question a to ago. what extent the editors are um, obligated to represent the the year as it is versus their their version of the year like i mean if you've got a if you're trying to reflect what were the general tastes that defined the year then you're gonna have to get away from maybe your own taste and sort of guide like what was so popularity suddenly becomes a criteria like if this was a great song but nobody heard it and it didn't shape anything then it does it get added on a spin magazine list sure because it's it's it's, it's got to hit certain bases on its way around uh, okay, so we are looking at the uh, January 2001 issue. This is the year-end issue. Wait, and January what? 2002? Okay, oh, sorry. sorry. It's January 2001. Two th- wait. Yeah, point. you said January 2001. <laughs> Let me do it again. Yeah, Start right. again. The music in 2001 is junk. Okay. Okay, so we're looking at the year in music 2001. This issue is actually January 2002. We're recapping the whole year. And as we've looked through this entire thing, we've gone through every best of list. They have not mentioned U2 once. However, U2 are band of the year. They are on the cover. They have an article in here. 
in a lengthy inter- lengthy interview, they're not mentioned once. Well, Bono is but just such a such a wonderful person that don't you think they deserve it? Well, they had so I think I I think I know why though because 2000 uh they put out the album I uh, want to say all that you leave behind. Yes, I'm oh. pretty sure because I looked something up, like yeah. that. And the sweetest thing. Oh yeah, no. that was beautiful. It's, not, it's beautiful. Beautiful day. Beautiful day. Beautiful day. day. Beautiful day. And that was a huge hit. But here's the thing: that was like a comeback for them, because yeah. after you had Octong Baby, what '91, then there was Zuropa, and Zuropa got kind of weird, and then they did Pop. I want to say 97, 97. They talk about that in the article and how yeah. it was a failure. Yeah. So when they came back with that uh, 2000 album, it was it was very much a return to form album. That and was lost and, on me. Uh, Beautiful the, Day was a return to form. Everything you did is lost on me. Um, a single. So I think like the 2001, they probably toured. It was probably more of like a big victory lap for mm. them like yeah. and i'm sure it's spin because you know these magazines rolling stone spin they loved calling you two the best band in the world in the like late 80s early 90s mm. i'm not yeah. saying they didn't deserve it at the time i was a huge u2 fan so i probably would have agreed with them but um they were probably there was a lot of excitement in the music media that you two were good again jackson <laughs> can i tell you i don't know if you've heard the story but i met john in i think it was grade eight at the school we both went to in the library after school because I guess there was two people who both wanted to take advantage of the technology in the uh, grade 8 library. The scanners, man. Specifically the scanners. And there's John in his U2 t-shirt. I mean, that can be <laughs> forgiven, you know. Like, people were big U2 fans. Oh, no, it's I not a problem. I don't really fault I, anyone for being U2 me way fan. back. I just don't like them. No, no, and that that whole return to form thing was completely lost. I mean, like, I, I'm sure a fan who had been following them closely might have picked up on something like that. But from a distance, I was like, isn't this just like every song that they release? But it goes yeah. back mm. to Ride or Die. Mm. That mm. like, how many fans after you know Zuropa and Pop were kind of like, what's still mm. happening here? You know, like, yeah. I mean, really, I mean, Zuropa, I remember it having a few decent songs but it had some weird stuff did they have a big song off of that uh lemon yeah lemon was on it numb was a really weird first single off of it there was um oh i can't remember enough there was like a couple of songs that were kind of classic more u2 songs i mean my favorite one was they had a, a johnny cash sing a song on it really which okay. uh in like 93 was you know, pretty cool thing to do. Sure. Because um, he was just starting kind of his sort of comeback. Anyways, um, so yeah, I'm sure there were in the late 90s U2 fans who were like, oh, what happened to my favorite mm. band? And then this album came out and I'm sure it was big rejoicing for mm. them. And here's so. the thing is that this is the 2001 year in music. That record was released October 30th, 2000. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it was. So, that's why I think this <laughs> 2001 was like the victory lap. Yeah, they, they probably they were, toured. They probably did a big world sure. tour. They didn't even have an album to be on. Yeah. So okay. I mean, sorry. It, it I makes guess more sense now. Well, because I remember n- uh, I was in Europe at the time. We were in Europe, and I remember that album coming out, and like 
the single sort of playing. How that lines up, the beautiful day was when we were... It released when we were in Europe. Were you guys just like skipping down the the, the Alps? Yeah, just like in Sound of Music. Well, I just remember going into like bars and rest... Like we just go into a restaurant or something and they'd have like... MTV or VH1 oh, wow. on, and the video would be playing. It'd be like, "Oh, oh new you too," and and um, so yeah, I think that's why they got Band of the Year. That's my guess. <laughs> that was a big sign that. Like, <laughs> I don't know if it was like fond times or like you too. <laughs> I, to me, I'm. I remember that being later, but I, I have no doubt that John is correct. But t- I did not realize that that was that long. I always think I think of. I remember the video, and to me, it it feels not, not as old as that. I stopped watching videos in the '90s. I don't know anything. Mm. Okay, guys. Uh, last, last but not least. What's number one in the charts? Who you think is in the top five on the Billboard charts in 2001? I'm actually going to go for six, just because this was such a huge song, and it just plagued my life at this moment. <laughs> number six. Miss Jackson by Outkast. Oh, yeah. What do you think number five is? 2001. I, Nothing that we've talked about this entire... <laughs> really? Uh, uh, the first thing my head immediately goes to is uh, a boy band. No. Well, I mean, depending on what you want to talk about boy bands, we have, with arms wide open, Creed. <laughs> 2001. Oh, wow. 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 Still I going. I think that's like 99 or 2000. Do you think Spin yeah. thought that they were above putting Creed in their top list? They had Creed on the cover, and I want to show you that cover sometime. <laughs> it is, they've actually apologized for it. It's so bad. It's literally Scott Stapp, like greased up in oil. He <laughs> looks like oh. Chris Jericho. It's horrible. <laughs> Jericho. <laughs> okay. Number four, uh, Maya, Case of the X. What you gonna do? I would have never Not guessed you. Hundred million years. The, the top three are are gold. Number two, I don't even know who it is. But number three, coming in strong. It wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> Shaggy. Oh God. Number two is he loves you not by Dream. Anyone? No. I guess we could probably huh. pull this up and maybe we'd know it. I wonder if Shaggy It Wasn't Me would be um, flagged for uh, severe gaslighting. Oh, it is It is not a woke song, I will tell no. you right now. <laughs> I don't know how well it would play. <laughs> However, what is? They still make the most disgusting rap songs. Like I the, know. The worst, the most filthy, I can't believe the stuff that gets a pass in, in this era. In rap. It's crazy. So we, we laugh at that. Number one, this isn't. This isn't that hard to believe. Independent Women Part 1, Destiny's Child. Oh, yeah. Good. <laughs> glad it wasn't <laughs> good, Shaggy. Good for them. <laughs> You're glad it wasn't Shaggy? I had no problem with Shaggy being number one with that song. He let him have his moment. <laughs> I guess it was fun. It does not age well at all, though. No, I don't give a shit about that song. No. And I heard it way too many times. But I It was funny. I certainly said it wasn't me. A bunch. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's what I, I remember is that it was a borderline like comedy song. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So that that gives it a, a lot of leeway. <laughs> Ray Stevens. It was song. it was yeah it was comedy, <laughs> which is fine. It got quoted a lot for sure. All right, it was fun. Well, thanks very much. I think that's all the time we have. Peace in the Middle East. I don't know. <laughs> Very two thousand one thing. To <laughs> yeah. <say. laughs>
wasn't me. I even had her in the shower. Wasn't me. She even caught me on camera. Wasn't me. She saw the marks on my shoulder. Wasn't me. Heard the words that I told her. Wasn't me. Heard the screams getting louder. Wasn't me. She stayed until it was over. Honey came in and she got me red handed, creepy with the girl next door. Picture this, we were both butt naked, banging on the bathroom floor. I had tried to keep her from what she was about to see.